Hello, listeners. This is Zarinka, and you are listening to Breakfast with the Banker. Okay. Hello, listener. You are in for a treat because whether or not you knew you were going to click on this podcast today, you're in on the ground level with Breakfast with the Banker. And for our first ever podcast, I am so pleased to have my dear friend in the industry, Russ Altman, serial entrepreneur, chief growth officer of a local tech company, and he specializes in that digital marketing and digital transformation stuff, which is what we're going to talk a little bit about today. So wherever you are, in your car, in your bed, in your office, on the treadmill, stay tuned. Here we go. And yeah, thanks so much for listening. Hi, Zarenka. It's so great to be here. Uh, I know we've been talking about this for a long time, and I'm so thrilled that I can be here on the inaugural discussion, and uh, I'm excited to see where it goes today. Me too. Okay, so as you all know, we threw out a poll on LinkedIn, and if you didn't know, well, now you can follow us, but we want to know, who were you yesterday? Were you your business entrepreneur founder, or were you the assistant? And I think that's a real-life question that everyone needs to ask themselves in terms of productivity and what they're truly spending their time doing. But I'll leave you with that small teaser. In the wonderful things that you do, Russ, before we get back to that, what is a common thing when you work with entrepreneurs that you see and and you really want to touch on? I think one of the biggest things we see is entrepreneurs are so focused on growing their business and scaling their business that they get a sort of tunnel vision. And they fixate on that one point, and it's usually around getting more customers. And once they get those customers, they sometimes don't know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. So when you're looking at scaling, there's a whole host of different gaps that need to be filled in order to be able to scale. Getting customers often seems like the hardest task, so you tackle that first. But then you get all these customers, and you're like, well, how do I do deliver this service? How do I provide this product? You know, how do I support all of the back-end functions of a growing organization? What do I do for the space? Like, if you're not blessed with a work-from-home situation, how do you just accommodate all of your team members? How do you build warehouse space? All of that comes into play. And so I think that's a a really big problem that, that we encounter. No, I believe that. And I, I think we want to reacquaint customers with the idea that they don't know what they don't know, and that's super okay. So let's teach them some things so that they have a little more, more knowledge in their back pocket. When a company is going to scale, obviously, we know the entrepreneurs are trying to be frugal. They're working hard to get those customers uh, to keep cash flow moving so they can continue to grow and grow. But I feel like that's also their downfall once they hit a certain threshold. Um, So what would you say when you look at a scaling company like that in those moments when that's not going to work anymore? You know, that's a great question, Zarenka. And one of the things that I've encountered is a lot of business owners, especially when they're bootstrapping their business, they try to do everything themselves. And... 
as most entrepreneurs will tell you, there's very few tasks in their business that they can't do themselves instinctively or by learning the skill. The problem is they become the bottleneck for the organization because every human being has a finite amount of time, a limited bandwidth as it were. And when they reach that bottleneck or they reach that capacity, that ultimately defines their ability to grow. And so they think, well, you know, I can't afford to hire this person. I can't afford an executive assistant or a virtual assistant. I can't afford an accounting team member. I can't afford a salesperson. But what they fail to realize is that they can't afford not to hire those people because those people will ultimately cost less per hour and everything has an hourly cost, but they will ultimately cost less per hour than the founder's time is worth. And so coming to that realization can really be a pivotal sort of eureka moment for an entrepreneur. And there's that question, folks. What were you yesterday or today? Were you the entrepreneur, the founder, or were you the assistant? That really defines you in a moment where you can choose to grow or choose to try to control everything on your own and maybe hamper your own growth. So now the entrepreneur says, okay, I'm ready to get these experts involved. I'm ready to get the fractional CFO or the executive assistant. I mean, something that we've talked about in the past is kind of doing what they can with what they have. And so I kind of want to dive into that piece in terms of what they can do with what they have in optimizing their environment. What do you recommend to your entrepreneurs in that transition? So there's a couple of things. Uh, First of all, take advantage of technology. Technology is so rapidly evolving right now, especially with the advent of AI, but just the, the number of tools that exist for entrepreneurs to do more with less is incredible. And the tools are often very economically priced, Usually they're subscription-based, not with long commitments. So you can try whatever you you want, figure it out, see if it actually optimizes your work environment. And if it doesn't, ditch it, discard it. The other thing that I find is it takes a really sort of bold look at yourself to figure out, you know, you have to be able to have an honest self-examination. And it takes, which almost sounds counterintuitive, but a, a moment of humility for an entrepreneur Right? Because entrepreneurs have to have that confidence. They have to believe that they can do everything. They're basically the superhero in their own story. But when you're trying to figure out what you can't do, you need to have that moment of humility and say, okay, this is a job that is best left to someone else because I am not the expert in this. I will do it. I'll muddle through it, but it won't be the best product and it won't be the best use of my time. So if you're thinking, if you're an entrepreneur and you're trying to think about how to scale, sit down, make a list of the things that you're great at, make a list of the things you're terrible at, make a list of the things you love to do, the things that you hate to do, and start figuring out which tasks you need to offload in order to be more productive with your time. We tend to forget that even as general humans, but it comes back to the fact that you're not going to your veterinarian to go get your teeth pulled right? Like, (laughs) it's just not going to happen. And you yourself are also not going to pull them yourself. So why do we keep doing that in the rest of our lives when we don't do it in our true individual instance? (laughs) So 
I guess there's two ways we can look at this optimization. So one way is automation and technology, and the other way is bringing in our experts and our dream team, even if they're on a short-term basis to start or just a short-term basis at all to get you kind of set up. So we're talking about what areas of a business might have the best, let's say, opportunities for efficiency. What would you say where automation can do the best work if you were to kind of drive drive it in? So things that I've discovered that have the best return on investment or ROI, I would say things like invoicing and accounts receivable. Get your money, uh, folks. Get your money. <laughs> you talk to any entrepreneur and cash flow is king. And especially when you're small, you work really hard to sell these customers. And sometimes clients can be almost abusive in their payment terms. You know, they're looking for net terms of 30, 60, 90 days. For an entrepreneur, that can be like heartbreaking and, you know, just not feasible. So figure out, you know, most entrepreneurs love to sell. Most entrepreneurs hate invoicing. And it's a thing that they leave right until the end of the month. But if you can figure out an automated system, and there are so many out there, they, they go from digitally approving proposals and quotes to automatically generating invoices, linking up with things like Xero or QuickBooks Online to automatically generate those invoices with payment links that you know your clients can pay automatically, instantly, and you get that money in your bank account within a day or two. You know, those kind of optimizations you will never regret. And you might think, well, you know, I'm going to pay those fees. But when you start to think about all the fees you pay, when you have to wait a month or two for your money, you'll start to see that those nominal fees for credit card transactions are the best investment you'll ever make. Oh, true story. I mean, at the end of the day, how can you grow if you don't have any cash? And your time is better spent doing other things than chasing down cash. A side note on that, also deciding who you're going to do business with. All customers are not created equally. And just because you think you need more customers, you don't need customers that are going to pay you in six months. You need good customers. So take out that garbage, folks. We don't need that. (laughs) Find Find out what your ideal customer profile is and pursue them relentlessly. Do not chase every dollar. And, you know, you'll find it. You'll find it that, you know, when you start to fire those clients that take 80% of your time and account for 20% of your revenue, Mm -hmm. it makes your life so much easier. And suddenly you're charging the appropriate amount for your services. Your time is being spent appropriately. All those kinds of things, you know. And we haven't even touched on other ways to optimize things like expense tracking. You know, if you've got a team and they're spending money on the company's behalf, You know, if you're still tracking it with spreadsheets and emails, that is a time-consuming and laborious task for your accounting team. Spend the money. Use something like Expensify. There's 100 apps out there for expense tracking that all integrate with your accounting software. Do it. Additionally, I can't emphasize this enough. It's last but definitely not least, security training. Use those anti-malware, anti-spyware. Use security training for your team. Help them to understand, you know, what a phishing email looks like, how to avoid them, because those things will break the bank faster than than you can even imagine. I think a great case in point is look at MGM in Las Vegas. Yep. They've been down <laughs> from a cyber attack for, what is it, several weeks now, 
and I, I heard it's millions of dollars per day that they're losing, and I'm sure they're hurting. Glad I'm not in Vegas right now. But I will say, I don't want companies to think and entrepreneurs to think that it's just the big guys who get hacked. My hairdresser recently sent out an email, and she's a one-person kind of shop, that her whole system was hacked as well. And so it doesn't matter what size of business you are. People who are going to try to scam you come in all shapes and sizes, and they target everyone. They don't discriminate. (laughs) You know, that's an interesting point, Zarenka. When I was working in the IT industry, we used to have these cybersecurity conversations all the time. And especially when you're dealing with small to medium-sized enterprises, they're like, well, I'm so small. Nobody's going to come after me. Nobody wants what I've got. And, you know, it seems like in their mind, they think of it like a burglar walking down a street, selecting which house to break into. Mm -hmm. But the reality is that with technology nowadays, cyber criminals have a burglar at every door testing it to see if it's open. And they're not just looking for the house with the most money. They're looking for the house that's the easiest to break into, and they'll take whatever's there. That's a great analogy, folks. (laughs) Lock your doors. (laughs) Lock your doors. So, okay, so we've got all this stuff that we're going to implement, which is great because, you know, the entrepreneur has decided that they're wearing too many hats. They're going to digitize. But now what about implementation, Russ? (laughs) These are generally not tech people. And let me tell you, it took me forever to plug in these microphones. (laughs) (laughs) But you did so well. It probably only took you, what, two years? Yeah, get out of here. (laughs) No comment. No comment. But that's the reality. You know, we've become great with our Googling skills, our research skills. And if you have any sort of limited tech savvy, there's very little that you can't figure out how to do. As entrepreneurs, we're used to figuring out how to do things. But... At what cost? Mm -hmm. How much time is it going to take us to figure it out? How many problems are we going to cause for ourselves? How much more is it going to cost us in real costs and in our time to try to figure something out instead of just going to the expert and getting them to do it? So find the right people to provide you with the right solution. You know, things like maybe you can file your taxes. Maybe you can do your bookkeeping. But pay a bookkeeper. Find an accountant that you trust, use him, rely on him, use him like a trusted business partner because those people are experts in their field and they stay up to date on all of the changing rules and laws and requirements and that's what they're paid to do and they will make you money, not just save you money, they will make you money year after year. Yes, it's really important to note that because the return on investment isn't always apparent right away, but it is truly the long game plan. And unless you plan on being in and out of business in a year (laughs) because you don't want to be an entrepreneur, it's the long game. This is not the short game. So yes, time is also so incredibly valuable as we know. And third party advice or help is also important because we just can't be everything, nor should we. So time to get a humble team. Something great that we're just going to plug in here is a little bit about where you can get some advice and money to do these wonderful things within your company and become more competitive through digitization. The Canadian Digital Adoption 
program has been running for about a year and a bit now, and it's federally funded, and it's super damn cool. Um, Russ, why don't you tell us about part one, and I'll, I'll scoop a little plug for part two. <laughs> you know, that's, that's a great segue. So the Canada Digital Adoption Program has two streams, stream one, stream two. Stream one is a micro-grant. It's $2,400 for smaller businesses, startups that are just looking to have an online presence. The threshold to entry is very low for those. The government program will set you up with consultants to help you, and it's, it's fantastic. Stream 2, obviously an amazing program, and that's where the more involved digital advisors come in, and I think you have some keen insight into that as well. <laughs> I might know a little bit about that program. So folks, we won't give you the full scoop because, yeah, it's a lot to write down and remember. So the first part is a federal grant towards the costs of hiring your digital advisor. And the cool part is that the government has already gone and vetted a list of people who are uh, appropriate to help you with that. So you don't have to go searching or worrying who's going to do that for you. So you get to select from a list. Then once you choose your digital advisor, you do a digital plan with them and they're going to figure out the gaps and where essentially technology is going to have the greatest impact and help you sort out some options and give you a complete roadmap. Then once you do all of that and submit, you can apply for an interest-free loan for implementation. So if someone's going to give you the map help you do all of that, and then you're going to possibly be able to get some dough. Interest-free. I did say that, folks. Interest-free to implement these wonderful things to help your business save money, make money, grow, and all of the above. Nowadays, interest-free is like magical. Right? I don't think anybody's saying that. I had to say it a few times. I feel like people thought I was like messing up. It wasn't a mistake. (laughs) I just wanted to mention something too. You mentioned ISED, which is an acronym. It's ISED. And for any of our listeners that aren't familiar with that organization, it is Innovation, Science and Economic Development Canada. And so they are the administrative body that is running the Canadian Digital Adoption Program. They have so much information online about it. You can check out their website and the application to be eligible for the program only takes a few minutes. But there are lots of digital advisors out there that are more than happy to help you through that application process as well. And honestly, you know, so many businesses, small and medium-sized enterprises, want to take advantage of technology, but they don't know where to turn, they don't know where to look, and they simply don't have the budget to do it. This government-funded program is offering to pay 90% of the cost, up to Mm $15,000, for this strategic roadmap that you would normally have to pay thousands of dollars to do on your own. So take advantage. It's As Sarinka said, it's been going for about 18 months. It has another two and a half years left, and the government has allocated about $4 billion to the program. So they've really committed hard to this program and really want businesses to take advantage. Now, I know uh, that you and I have worked with many entrepreneurs as a part of this program in our respective sectors, Um, but I am wondering if I could trouble you for maybe a small uh, success story, if you do have one off the cuff, (laughs) without naming any names. (laughs) So, honestly, the firm that I'm with, we've engaged with nearly 140 
clients, wow. we, almost 150 at this moment, and in the last 18 months. And the success stories are boundless. We've had companies that were manufacturing that wanted to roboticize their facilities, and so they needed to look at different ERP solutions or enterprise resource planning solutions. We've had landscaping companies that wanted to use AI to generate innovative designs for luxury homes. Very cool. We've had you know, trucking companies that wanted to take advantage of the technology for managing their drivers, their routes, their dispatching. The list is endless, really. You know, as long as you qualify based on the criteria that ISED has put forth, it's a fantastic program. And a lot of companies come to us and say, well, I don't really need digital marketing. Is that all this is about? And the short answer is no. The way ISED has outlined this program is it's any technology that can help you to be more competitive or to attract more customers. So you think about what you're trying to do in your business. You think about how you're trying to be more competitive. You think about how you're trying to attract more customers. The options are limitless, and you often just need someone to point you in the right direction. So I think we've just solved most of the world's problems in this podcast. (laughs) Because not only did we give you some real-world advice that experts like Russ see day-to-day with entrepreneurs, we actually showed you a place where you can get that with little to no cost through government funding. So I think check, check, check. I don't know what the awards are for best podcast, but clearly we're in the running already. (laughs) But any last thoughts before we close out today? I'm just so pleased to be here, Zerika. I think this was fantastic. It was a lot of fun. I think we were quite well-behaved you know, given, Shocking, though. you know, how we are historically, but, uh, <laughs> you know, we've done a great job and I'm, I'm excited to see what future episodes bring. Hit that subscribe button. I'm sure there's going to be one and <laughs> figure it out, follow along and you're going to get so much value every time you listen. Oh, thanks Russ. And thank you listener. Yeah. How, go have yourself a great day and go make some more money and save some more money and do great things. 